Hello, and welcome to a show of their own, Sports and Life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I'm Laura, and Zoom has changed things on us, and it's really <laughs> weird. So sorry for the laughing, but we're overwhelmed a little by the yelling in our ear. I'm used to Laura telling me we're recording and not a robot in my ear. And I'm far gentler. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we are going to start with a few MLB things. I don't really have a lot to talk about because I feel like most of the discussion last week was about unwritten rules. And as we've discussed in like the last three episodes, I'm really tired of unwritten rules and not surprising. It was Tony LaRusso bringing them up and talking about them, which I think we all saw coming when he was the manager of a young team. Um, So anyway, the other thing that I really wanted to talk about was the fact that there were two more no-hitters since our last recording. And one of them was against my team, the Texas Rangers, which shouldn't be a surprise considering of the actual nine-inning no-hitters, only three different teams have been no-hit. Which means the... Uh, MLB is actually on pace for 23 no-hitters this season. Um, If you know me very well, 23 is my favorite number. However, in this case, I don't like it because with that, it would mean the same three teams would be the ones no-hit in those. And I really don't want to see um, my team no-hit more times. I think the craziest thing about the Rangers being no-hit twice is um, their new ballpark is clearly cursed because it opened last season. And um, I was looking at a, um, I think it was on The Athletic, they were talking about their first baseball stadium when they first moved to Arlington. Um, they, pay, they played like a hundred and something games there, I think, and they only got no hit once as a team. Then their next stadium, which was their previous one, which was glorious, and I really wish they could have just added roof on it and been done with it. Uh, they played like a thousand, a hundred and something games. Now they said that sounds wrong. Um, it was, it was, it was like a thousand games. And I think the next stadium was 2000 and something games and they were never no hit there. And they were there from 94 through the 2019 season. And now they've played 52 games in this new ballpark and been no hit twice. Clearly it's cursed. Um, so it's the curse of Rob Manfred. That too. Um, but I, I think I mean, we've touched on why they're fine more no hitters because they unjuiced the ball, which they clearly need to <laughs> overcorrected. Yeah, way <laughs> overcorrected. And like, I kind of feel like no hitters aren't fun anymore <laughs> since they've been happening so often. And like, like the novelty of a no hitter has really worn off very quickly this season because you're used to maybe, maybe on a good year, you get like three in a season. Not, I think we're at eight now, plus bum garners would be nine and we're only not even through May. So it kind of feels like they're, they're not special anymore. Like now when a pitcher throws a no hitter, I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't, that's not that great anymore, especially when it's against my team. But still, like, that used to be something that didn't happen that often. And now it kind of feels like any anybody can throw a no-hitter. And it's- Yeah. And the, the no-hitter, it is literally the novelty of it. Like, yeah. So I, when like, it that's happens, it. 
Yeah. So exactly. Like that's the big thing is like no hitters don't happen that often. So when it does happen, it's like really exciting. Even if it's, it, it doesn't matter if it's like an ace pitcher or like a dude you never thought would throw a no hitter. Like it's fun, but now it just feels like anyone can throw a no hitter. And like, I remember years ago I was reading a stat and it was actually that like hitting for the cycle is more rare than a no hitter but like no hitters are still rare and now it's like they don't seem that fun anymore if you're if there's one every week or two every two weeks like and I kind of feel like this many no hitters is bad for baseball (laughs) like I don't know if that's a hot take or not but it just no it is because like it's the difference between having like some kind of eight seven crazy game in hockey and yeah. like a shutout like a shutout is great but if every game's a shutout yeah it gets really boring exactly and I think it's also like I yes I am bitter because my team has been no hit twice this season but it's also like if the same three teams are being no hit then it's really like that just pushes it even more so to be boring like I want to see like the Dodgers no hit in a game like I want to see the random because that was also the thing with no hitters is that like any team at any time could be no hit but when you only have three different teams being no hit it's really not fun anymore yeah it just it's I think for a team that prides or for a sport that prides itself on like records and traditions and all that randomly changing the ball just to artificially create more boringness yeah seems silly it really makes it more boring I mean it I mean it makes some games go by quicker which is nice at times but it it, it's just after a while it's boring and I think I'm also bitter on you Darvish's behalf because if anyone deserves to throw a no hitter this year he should have thrown like three by now because he's come so close so many times and the baseball gods just laugh at him and don't give him one. And so now it's like, okay, if everyone can get one, why just let him have his first no hitter already? Okay. That was, that was a good, good rant to start that. Yeah. And for not even really having a rant later, like this was my rant. Um, The only other baseball, because Actually, I did have another thing because there were, I got like a random thing of a bunch of like pitcher injuries and randomness. And I'm going to start with like the least random one. And that's uh, Noah Noah Syndergaard with the Mets who are always having pitching problems. He had a, uh, like a minor league rehab start and he got pulled from that. So he's still injured. I think DeGrom's supposed to come back this week. Can we talk about Jacob DeGrom absolutely annihilating some like 15 year olds in single A ball? And they were, (laughs) and the team was like, please help us. There was, and I can't, I think it was the team he was playing against and it was like, oh, so now you give DeGrom run support. (laughs) I was like, that's funny. Yeah, but it's the minor league team that gave him run support because why would the Mets, the actual Mets give him Exactly. Um, next, probably not so exciting, but I kind of saw it coming. It's Corey Kluber was pulled from his start today after three innings that we're recording Tuesday night, um, which he was the one that no hit the Rangers last week and also only pitched one inning for the Rangers last season when he was with the Rangers. So I was very bitter that he came back to globe life and then no hit us. Um, but also 
I, I did remember watching the no-hitter thinking, okay, he's going to have to pitch nine innings to complete the no-hitter. He's going to go over 100 pitches. And he only pitched one inning last season. The season before that, he was injured. So, like, pitching nine innings is a lot for a starter who's had back-to-back injuries and hasn't pitched a full season in a while. So he's hurt again for the Yankees, who also did not need more injuries because they've been, I swear, riddled with injuries for the last three seasons. And then um, final pitcher injury, uh, the most random and weird injuries. Uh, Plezak with the Cleveland Indians broke his thumb taking off his shirt. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Laura's face. Um, the quote wow. was, the quote was that he apparently did it too aggressively. Are we sure he doesn't secretly play for the Mets? You would think. Because that's a very like, what was it? Matt Harvey got a UTI from not peeing enough. Uh-huh. Brandon Nimmo gave himself food poisoning from undercooking chicken. Like that's in this like it, kind it, of realm. Yes. Uh, what was it? Uh, Ioannis Cespedes, when he wasn't even playing, was on a ranch and broke his ankle in a non-horse injury. Yeah. Which is still the weirdest way to say a ranch accident. Right. Non-horse injury. Like very very but that's suffice it to say breaking your thumb on a shirt is a very Mets injury it's very Mets and I read the notification three times before I was like uh, I mean I guess there have if been I saw that, I would be like is someone testing out the like notifications and just like right that happened in the Swedish royal family actually when Estelle was born they like posted because they were testing the system and they posted some like random combination of her name that was not her name at all it was like random names uh-huh and they're like oh sorry not her name that was just us testing and i kind of feel like that would make more sense right than broke his thumb on a shirt um uh, speaking of mets i not doing full standings yet for baseball but i did want to point out that they are first place in their division right now some of that is the division isn't amazing. Great? Yeah, the NL East is not as stacked as it felt like it should be. Um, but still, the fact that it's the Mets. the Mets, and granted, they only have a one-game lead over Atlanta and Miami, and one and a half over the Phillies, and two over Washington. So it is technically a tight race, but still, it's the Mets. I guess new ownership. <laughs> the power of new ownership yeah so and that's all I got for baseball because NHL is in playoffs and that deserves way more time than wonky well, MLB but we're going to transition to something that I know you'll want to talk about and that yes. is we're going to climb the corporate ladder and we're going to talk about that's all this is going to be the rest of the season is going through the different playoffs and of course we start with the Honda West division and I always go the one four matchup and the two three matchup and mm-hmm. the one four matchup in the honda west division is over it was the first one to end um just gonna throw this out there colorado st louis colorado might have won all four games possible jordan Bennington might not be able to fake fight 
anyone else anymore <laughs> until next season. So I just want to throw this over to Morgan for a really like reflection on how sad it is that the blue season is over. It's so sad. Like <laughs> they only got to play four playoff games and then it's just gone. Um, I've really enjoyed the memes on Tumblr about the blues losing because turns out no one likes the blues. Sorry if we happen to have any St. Louis Blues listeners, but I and doubt it. Especially, I feel like people would be more okay with the Blues because people really don't like the Blackhawks either, and that's the rival. But yeah. Bennington, people really don't like Bennington, which I it's just perfect. Um, because a lot of the memes were about him. I saw someone like re-photoshopped one of his awful tweets and was like, "If you haven't won a playoff game in the last two years, shut your mouth" or something like that, and then. I also, there was a great post on Tumblr that was like, it's hilarious that the St. Louis Blues gerrymandered the divisions to be in the West and then they get swept, which is just perfect. It, it feels, it feels right that they got swept. Well, and I do have to, to acknowledge the brilliance of one Don Luce Chisholm. Uh, he, Jordan Bennington, if you haven't, you really need to see this, this piece of, of brilliant footage but less than brilliant goaltending where he like goes to play the puck and just gets completely danced by yeah. Ryan Graves and who just has the easiest goal ever after he just like kind of glides around Jordan Bennington and Bennington is like he's almost at the face-off dot in the offensive zone that's how mm-hmm. far out he is and Dom I have to give him exact quote not used to Bennington being this far out of his net for something other than pretending to be the toughest guy on the ice and it was perfect we love to hear stuff like that it's just I actually have one of his tweets for the next division we talk about awesome (laughs) so um next but RIP we we can be done with the blues no one thank god (laughs) rest in peace and rest in peace for a while yeah and also it's great because they got swept they also can't get the number one overall pick it's the oh, perfect place. Love to love it. Like, yes. the, you, it's not even you can argue. The stars are in a way better position. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love it. Because who wants to lose, get swept? And like, that's right? nothing. Okay. In Next. the first round, it's like, why even bother being and there? It wasn't even particularly close. Like, I remember the last game, they were, the Blues scored the first goal, and it's like, the Blues have their first lead of the series, and then Yikes. it was promptly gone, <laughs> and then that was it. Like, oh, wow, that was so exciting, those five minutes of a lead. Wow. <laughs> so, anyways, the next game is far better. The next series is far better, just from a competitive standpoint. Vegas versus Minnesota. Vegas was up 3-1 going back to Vegas. And you're like, okay, Minnesota could be eliminated. And they really came together. Everyone's favorite, Kirill Kaprizov, had a really good goal uh, set up from Max Zuccarello. And it's now uh, 3-2. The next game is in Minneapolis. So it is very, or St. Paul, I guess it is. It's very possible that they could go to a game seven, depending on how Minnesota does in they, although they haven't won a game at home yet. They lost oh. both of their games. So who knows? We'll see. Then, also, I had totally forgot this was a best of seven. I don't know why my brain was thinking best of five. That's how they would do it in baseball. I think that's part of yeah, it. Yeah. I think I was thinking they'd have the same format, 
Nope, it's seven. And next we have Scotia North, um, Toronto, Montreal. So Toronto has won the last two games and is currently playing and is up three nothing. So I'm thinking looks fairly good. Let me, I can check again and how much time we have left. Cause I feel there's not, okay, granted. So there's seven minutes and 50 seconds left and granted given what's happened with the next series, I don't want to say for sure that they're going to be up three, <laughs> one, but things yeah. look positive for Toronto and they may have passed a torch on the whole blowing leads late in games off to someone else. But um, the Canadians, I just, they've had some puzzling coaching decisions, which some of that stems from the fact that they are a little hamstrung by the fact that they fired their coach mid season and then had to replace it with someone who spoke French because Montreal, whatever. Yeah. Um, and Toronto's just really good. Like, even without, like, they lost John Tavares and Nick Felino's hurt, and they still just look really good. And so, um, yeah, I, I really like their team, but um, I think next round's going to be more interesting, assuming mm-hmm. they can beat Montreal, because the next one, the big surprise, the biggest yeah. surprise of the playoffs, Winnipeg, Edmonton. And Edmonton was the higher seed. Edmonton had the two top goal scorers or point getters, I guess, in the NHL by a mile. Connor McDavid had like the best season in the NHL in like the past 20 years. All this stuff were like Winnipeg, meanwhile, has like you look at some of the people they're rolling on defense and even forward group, and it's like, well, they got Connor Hellebuck who can keep them in games, but can they actually score goals? And oh boy, they can. And oh my God, what's happening with Edmonton. Edmonton has like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and then Lord knows who else. And it's such a crime that those two don't have better people to play with because Edmonton lost the first two games in Edmonton, which was already not looking good. Then they go to Winnipeg. And then they're up 4-1. And we're like, okay, making a, a turnaround. Like, we're, we're going to get this, this things back on track. And then in the last five minutes, they promptly blow a 4-1 lead. Hashtag it was 4-1. If you know anything about the mm-hmm. Leafs blowing a 4-1 lead to Boston in game seven in 2013, that's the big headline. It was 4-1. So. And then they lost that in overtime. And then last night, they lost in triple overtime to get swept and just I mean I don't know how you like I don't know how anyone doesn't make super rash dumb decisions but honestly are there dumb decisions because they're not going to trade McDavid and dry settle that would be emphatically be a dumb decision they ain't going to do that so any other change I mean there's only so dumb it can be because there's only so valuable any of the other players yeah I mean I guess they could trade like Barnell Nurse or something and that would be stupid but any of the other people it's like meh whatever so but yeah Edmonton I know a lot of Toronto fans are very happy to pass the mantle of playoff choke artist epicness but holy mackerel like can I read Dom's tweet about Connor David okay because this one made me kind of like laugh but in a oh that's so sad kind of way um 
So he tweeted this last night. I legitimately feel bad for Connor McDavid. Most people who have to carry an entire group project on their own only have to do so for like a week or two until the assignment is due. This is just his life. And I was like, oh, the, the, the this is just his life was so accurate. It like hurts me. Like I feel so bad for Connor McDavid. Okay. And some people were like, and listen, Connor McDavid he has some warts defensively. There is no such thing as a perfect player. All right. of that is true. A couple of the goals definitely didn't play the best defensively. Yeah. However, major however, and I think Dom has a, he has a, like a, an equation that's like the dollar value in mm-hmm. this year's cap dollars that the person provides the team. Connor McDavid is the highest paid player in the league, which he didn't even get, take the max contract, which he would totally be entitled to when he signed his contract, but he's paid $12.5 million. They said, according to Dom's model, his value this year was $20 million. You can't even pay someone that much. He is that good. And people are seriously like, ha- like hanging some of the loss on him. Yeah. Like, no, emphatically not. Dry Saddle, McDavid, not their fault. A lot of other people we can talk about, but those yeah. two really ain't their fault. I honestly, mean, there's only so much you can do on your own before. Uh, and honestly, he used to play for the Penguins, but Josh Archibald, who should not be a regular in the NHL lineup, certainly wasn't a regular in Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh was winning cups. So that's another discussion. But he took like the most monumentally stupid penalty. Mm-hmm. That was part of the 4-1 comeback and then got suspended. So didn't even get yeah. to play in the game. So he can wear a decent amount of, but McDavid, no, he's immune. So he's amazing and he deserves far better than Edmonton for so many reasons. Yeah. Speaking of things that people deserve better, Mass <laughs> Mutual East Division, Pittsburgh, New York. Pittsburgh, the rest of the team deserves better goaltending than what they're getting. Because, oh my God, they have outplayed New York in all but one game, including last night's game, Monday night's game, that they lost in double overtime because Tristan Jari, he didn't even like really come out of his net that much. Like he definitely should have played the puck, but Mm -hmm. there were two of his teammates who were wide open and he, it was like, he thought they were field goal posts and he just shot it right in between them. And I don't get it. (laughs) I legitimately don't get it. And it's baffling. And the first game, the Penguins were the better team. And he gave up like three or four goals that were just horrible. That most goaltenders aren't giving up. This game, he actually had like a really great game. And then does that. And I and the thing that sucks is Casey DeSmith, their backup, who had a decent year, not great, but decent, is hurt. And so we have Max Beam Legacy, who had played the last game of the season and had a shutout, but I mean, every, all the positions were known. So take that shutout for what it is. And it doesn't really have NHL experience, definitely doesn't have playoff experience. So I'm not like, I can see why people are a little hesitant to like, let's just throw him out there. But oh my goodness, I need better goaltending because the paint, like, I legitimately don't even feel I'm, I'm angry but I don't feel bad like in previous years the past couple years where they lost in the first round or the play-in round or whatever 
they didn't look good. Like they didn't deserve to win. This yeah. is like they deserve to win. Emphatically, they've been the better team. And it's just frustrating. Yeah. Those are the worst losses yeah. when you know it's the better team that lost. Oh, those sting a little more. Um, but Boston beat Washington. That's happened for a while. Um, Boston looks really good. Um, whatever happens, if Pittsburgh somehow finds a way to pull out this series at New York, they got to have better goaltending if they have a prayer against Washington yeah. or against Pitt at Boston. Um, but next, the Discover Central Division. Carolina Nashville. That's an interesting series because Carolina was rolling. They were up to nothing. They go to Nashville. Nashville wins two games, I believe, both in double overtime, which is pretty amazing um, for Nashville. Definitely, they have a home ice advantage. The Stars helped them practice winning in overtime. <laughs> Gave them a lot of good practice for that. Yeah. And then I'm watching the right now, and they're up two one after two, and I just have to shout out. Because a great hockey name slash you're going to say, I've never even heard of this human. Maybe you have because you watched them play a few times. But the guy with both of the Predators goals is some human by the name of Yarkov Trenin. Oh, it's Yarkov sounds familiar. But for some reason, I thought you were going to say a different last name. But yes, Yarkov Trenin. That really is. But you know, it's an interesting one. Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg. No, we got Yarkov Trenin out there. Like Trenin sounds like it should be like a pitcher's name for some reason. Like that's the vibe I get from that last name. But the Yarkov in front of it, someone got a goal. I can hear from upstairs from my my (laughs) wife that someone got a goal. So we'll find out live as we're recording this who got the goal and and what exactly. Oh, it's the leaves. Okay, so. They're for nothing, so maybe they're giving themselves some more insurance there. That's <laughs> just good. Get as many goals as you can. That's just how you have to play, no matter what the unwritten rules tell you. But Carolina Nashville, they got one period, and Carolina, this game is happening in Carolina right now. They could potentially be going to Nashville with an elimination game at stake. And Nashville's a tough place to play. So that yeah. was very interesting, which, by the way, Carolina has been hype this postseason. It looks so fun. I really yeah. want to go to a game there. They're such yeah. a fun place to play. Now it's not just this season, but they've been that mm-hmm. for a while now. It's yeah, really... they've like built a really good like hockey like another goal town almost. Let's see what else happened. But another goal was scored. Um I like I can hear it through. I have voice canceling headphones, but nope, <laughs> I can still hear. Um, it's not updated, and that makes me nervous. But we shall see. Um, the other game, I this is easily my favorite series of really? the playoffs so far is Tampa, Florida. So intense. I that's what I've been hearing, and I haven't watched it only because they, I'm bitter hate each other <laughs> hate Ooh. each other and i i love it it's i'm gonna have so to watch fun. tomorrow then and thank god the old hockey men finally listened and figured out everyone's been saying because sergey Bobrovsky makes 10 million dollars he's overpaid he's blah 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 just because someone is overpaid does not mean that you then have to pay them to try to justify because if they suck they're going to justify their contract even less. And then he tried going to Chris Drieger, 
who, but he's, but then they have a goalie prospect, Spencer Knight, who is supposed to be like the truth, amazing, awesome. And they weren't playing him. They wouldn't even have him play backup. I'm like, what the heck? Why do you have this guy? And so they're like, okay, we'll trot him out one more down three, not three, one. Where it's like elimination game. Why not? Let's just throw him out there. Like make his first playoff game just a complete loss. Yeah, that would like if, if he loses, then they're just out. Gives up a goal on the first shot, and everyone's like, oh shit. No other goal. Florida wins. That sounds very Ben Bishop esque. <laughs> very, very exciting win for uh for uh, Florida, uh, Patrick Hornquist got a goal, got a shout out to that former Penn. Uh, game six is in Florida, and they could tie it up and force the game seven. So if they lose, they're eliminated. But if they win, then it's game at the seven. Panthers. Tamper. Yeah, at okay. the Panthers. Sorry, Florida means Panthers. <laughs> yeah, means- you said in Florida. I was like, they're both in Florida. <laughs> it is okay, really confusing. I wish they yeah. were called a Miami. Yeah. But they can't even do that because technically they're not in Miami. They're in Sunrise, Florida, um, which whatever. Uh, that's very NHL of them. But uh, they could just be the Miami Panthers of Sunrise, like how like, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Why yeah. not? <laughs> so honestly, what like, and, or you could just say, you know, we identify with Miami even if we technically play. Yeah. Like, no one's going to question that. I well, mean, technically, like, no. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys don't play in Dallas. Yeah. They play in Arlington. It could, they could make it work. They could just, who would know? Who would, do people, do enough fans of the Panthers watch to be that bitter? Okay. I have to say, though, the Panthers, I, it probably will go back to not being as, like, I don't think it's going to, I don't know if it's going to be as sustained, although maybe if they make a far run, it will be. Mm-hmm. Their playoff games, the fans are into it. There are so many of them. Yeah. They're like, they have this thing where they throw, like, fake rats on the ice. Fake. So they're like toy rats. But it's still so gross. It's weird. I don't get it. But I just like that there's, like, fan engagement. Yeah. Considering at one time, I always come back to this, at one time, Panthers tickets were six dollars for like some random regular season game considering that's where they come from having that kind of engagement and just love and support for their team is pretty cool and good for hockey and I want hockey to do well in Florida somehow I knew that they did the fake rats and I don't know why I knew that maybe it happened when the stars were there once because I knew Nashville does catfish right yeah catfish that and that got really annoying because then they just kept doing it and doing yeah. it and doing it. It's, and it. it's only fun if it happens every once in a while. Like and no matters. The, the the catfish was like a dumb play on the the originator was uh the Detroit Red Wings do octopus. But there were like Okay, very, I was thinking someone did octopus and I couldn't remember who. But Why, there was wait. like a very like rules around the octopus, and I don't get the whole tradition of it, but it was like one octopus a game. And there was like a very like there were rules around it. Whereas this, it, I remember this because when they were playing the Predators for the Stanley Cup, it just would happen every like ten minutes. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, what is this? Whereas like even the rat thing, I'm pretty sure they do it like after goals or like once they win the game, like something that's actually meaningful, not just like randomly chucking fake rats on the ice at any random time. So, 
First of all, the Wikipedia page about um, the octopus is called Legend of the Octopus, which makes it sound way more interesting than it probably is. But I have a lot of questions because, first of all, how do you get an octopus into a hockey stadium? There were a lot of, I read this on, on Reddit, there were a lot of like people had the defined way. And the thing was, security, they just didn't want to see it. Because gotcha. if they didn't so see it, they, then knew they it. didn't know. Gotcha. Okay. Because, like, it, it reminds me of, like, um, so Texas Tech football, they throw tortillas. Um, that's, like, their tradition thing. And, like, it got to the point where those were also supposed to be banned from the field. But, of course, college students find a way. Um, and so that's, that always reminded me of. But I was like, I feel like tortillas are easier to get into. Octopus. Yeah, octopus. That feels like determination because also, where do you just find an octopus? And when you uh, where you find an octopus, and when you think of if you have to sneak it in, the places that you would sneak it in, it's never pleasant thinking, right? Because like tortillas, you could sneak them in in places, and that right. would be the most unpleasant. Tuck them experience. in your shirt; it's fine. Yeah, but also like I'm because you can't. At first, my thought was like, oh, you could just put an octopus in your purse, but then it's like all over your stuff. so that doesn't have to like put it in a case or something like a plastic thing feels like Detroit you wouldn't think there would be a lot of octopus access so like like if you if you said guess what team (laughs) I'm gonna say like since Seattle's not a team yet I would say like Vancouver like something close to the ocean yeah like I mean I guess even California also, it does kind of suck that they already have the octopus because that feels like it would be a cool thing for like the Kraken to start. Yeah. Not that I'm condoning throwing things on the ice that are definitely not dead octopus. Like fake rats, I would prefer to dead yeah. octopus. Um, yeah, don't don't harm animals to throw on an ice drink, but if we're going for like an animal that matches the team, you would think Kraken. I did not expect the octopus to be Detroit. That would have been my last guess, I think. Yeah, it's. this is one of those things where it's like, I think you kind of had to be there when it started, and yeah. then it just kept getting passed down through generations, and so it's like, well, Which I like what those, we do. I like those dumb kind of traditions. It's just, I don't know, maybe find something easier to sneak in that's not yeah. an animal. I'm surprised PETA. I'm sure they've had something to say. <laughs> right. Or maybe they just don't even know about hockey, so they don't pay attention to it. I feel like <laughs> hockey is not on their radar. Um, well, I think that's our climbing the corporate ladder. Would you like to do rant and rave? Um, yes, but I don't have a rant. I have a rant. I I'll do okay. a rant. It's totally personal. Perfect. But like, okay, two things, actually. I'll take two rants. <laughs> no, I'll yeah, do two since I don't have one, so take over. So first of all, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of lie bumps, but they're the worst thing ever, and I hate them. It's like why bumps. You can look them up. It's like a white bump that's on your tongue and it's uber painful. And there's like, yeah, there's really nothing you can do for it except like, I don't know, swish some salt water or something, which does nothing. And they're, they just randomly show up and they're the most painful. I always feel it. And I have one right now. And so I just had to vent that out there. That's annoying. (laughs) Second thing. I need to talk about royal stuff because I am, I love Kate. 
And I actually really loved that skirt that she wore the other day. Oh my gosh. Okay. I thought about ranting about this. So I'm that here for this. blazer. I don't get it. She, so she's in Scotland. Yes. And she wore a, like, it was a UK designer. It wasn't Scottish designer, but it's actually a local designer from where she was born and like grew up. She wore a skirt by them that was actually really interesting. It was like a accordion pleat, mm-hmm. silk kind of like had a cool little architectural design to it. It was really cool. I really liked the skirt. Yes. And then over top of it, she put this horribly proportioned for the skirt. Like I think the blazer could have worked with like some skinny yes. pants. But with that skirt, it creates wacky proportions. And it's by Zara. And I'm like, what's the point of this? It's not like you're like, oh, I need to make this work because it's a Scottish designer. No, it's just a skirt that doesn't go well. But I have to tell you, because I was talking to former uh, recurring podcast host or guest host, Alex, and I found a Scottish brand and I pasted it in the chat, Morgan, or in the the doc so you can see. Look at that jacket because Alex had suggested a little bit of like a cropped jacket action. Yes, I was talking with her about that too. I was like, yes, if it's cropped, everything. A white cami. And this is a Scottish designer. A like sustainable Scottish designer. Yes. So it just killed me. I almost feel like the outfit would have even been better if she just left the blazer unbuttoned. That's true. But it just couldn't because it's all blue and then the proportions are all because if you unbutton if you unbutton a blazer then whatever shirt your hat are underneath adds to the proportions right whereas like if it's buttoned then you just have the proportion of the blazer and the proportion of the skirt yeah I just think if it was at least if she was gonna pick that one if it had to be that blazer that if it was unbuttoned at least it doesn't look it wouldn't look so big and frumpy with the skirt she's gonna go like high street you can find a not double-breasted blue blazer for cheap and just leave that unbuttoned and it would look fine but then also okay this brand I'm telling you I've been obsessed with this brand since finding it today and so I found a look for Megan that I need to (laughs) I'm gonna put paste in the chat too for later but this brand this Scottish brand is everything I am but it just made me more mad because it's like there are options that actually work and she just Ooh, I like that jacket isn't that gorgeous so that this brand has so many cute things and of course we went with Zara which not exactly like the greatest brand ever not Scottish not really I don't know what there was no point to that blazer it was and one thing we always talk about is like how British media loves to compare Kate to Diana and Megan to Diana and like they shouldn't do that but like on this one it was almost like an exact but I was telling Alex this it's like it's what Diana would have worn in the 80s or the 90s yes Diana were alive today I and I hate when people do this but I'm going to do this I feel like if Kate walked out that's like that's a little dated yes because it looks like an exact copy because someone did a side by side because didn't in the and I'm pretty sure it was an outfit that Diana wore in Scotland too. Yeah. Because so like in my mind, I'm kind of like, okay, you either do want comparisons to Diana or you can't really do an exact. 
copy. And most of the comparisons are a little stretched. Yeah. But when you look like you're wearing something out of like the 80s or 90s, it's not really going to be a stretch because yeah. Diana was very trendy designer. Yeah. So sorry. I also, I, I also didn't like the color of the she put with the outfit I feel like it needed to be white accessories or like a light pink or either a like a baby blue yeah the, the accessories went for the only thing the Scottish earrings I loved and yes. I just worn those, those oh, like the bag say. and the shoes yeah that those and today's outfit was boring yeah minus the scarf I loved the idea of having like a beige outfit with like a scarf uh instead of just wearing full-on because she usually goes full-on like plaid or tartan and yeah. it, it just it's not like it's a little expected this just having the scarf but with like the tan outfit was cool it was just a little too much tan it was a little too much tan they were all slightly different shades but it didn't really work together because I hated the top she had I loved the pants she had but Alex I was talking with her about this outfit and she made the thing they could have changed that would have been perfect is instead of the um the tan jacket red and that I feel like would have really just like and it would have tied the scarf to the outfit yes but without being so obvious yeah even even if they just threw red shoes yes yes red like make the shoes bag scarf all tied together yeah but Kate's fashion has been disappointing so far so yeah they try to do a lot of monochrome, which she does a lot anyway, but in this new way, it's not really working. It's when like something do, slightly off. When you do monochrome, because things are never going to be an exact match unless yes. you literally wear a jumpsuit. So when you do monochrome, you have to really focus on getting the contrasting with materials yes. and shades and stuff, right? Because if it looks like you're trying to match and they don't quite match, it's just an eyesore. Which is what I felt like with this outfit. Yeah. And sometimes what I feel like with Kate's monochrome stuff is mm-hmm. it's a little, like, not quite perfect. Yeah. So that was my rant. Do you have a rave you want to do? And then I do have, have a rave. rave. And it was a rave that I was going to do a couple weeks ago, but I forgot and had other raves. And then I finally remembered it today. And I feel like we had touched on a similar topic, like, a while ago. Um, but I watched this Netflix docuseries called this is a robbery the world's biggest art heist i this comes up on my suggested you need to tell okay. me give me a review it is really good it's unsolved though i'm just gonna throw that out there okay. because i went in thinking oh it's gonna be solved and so it was disappointing to end with it not being solved i just wanted if it's unsolved i just need to know ahead of time but it i i also kind of need to rewatch it again just so i can really like focus in on details because so it's a museum in Boston that I had never heard of, but they showed it and like it's on my list to visit because it's oh is that gorgeous. the one that was like the old lady's home and she like donated it when she died? I think that's what it is. I remember that and it's like they left the frames up. Yes. Yes, I've heard of I did a tour of Boston and they talked about this robbery, okay, but yeah, I don't know a lot about it. So that when you, cool. I gotta watch Yeah, because when you pass the building, it kind of looks like a very boring building, but on the inside, yeah. it's stunning. So it, like, seems like it's an inside job, and they, like, the weird thing is, is, like, they got three um, paintings from one room and one from another, but, like, they didn't even get, like, the most, like, expensive or, like, a priceless item. Like, they kind of just picked things and like they knew how to get the art out without like really hurting it so that was like an interesting thing and then it has I think like mob ties and then like 
obviously like trading the art around the world it's obviously unsolved they don't have the art back yet and I again I'm still kind of fuzzy just because like once I learned it was unsolved I was like well that's annoying um but it's like a really good like if you want to watch true crime but like don't necessarily it like you're not like horrifying murder details yeah yeah you don't want you're not in the mood for like the horrifying like murders like it's a good because it's it's a heist so that's like also an interesting aspect to it and like the because there were two like security cards there and they were like wrapped in duct well like one guy was wrapped in duct tape like around his head but like oh my god it didn't really do anything like it like it was kind of like why did you do this it seems like you're like I legit thought oh he did it to himself to make it look like he's not a part of it there's a lot of moving parts and it's very interesting and I highly recommend yeah and I that okay that's good to know because I knew I just know of the heist and like know yeah. a little like high level details of what I told you what happened but I would like to know more of like all of the like theories and stuff so yeah now, I never knew what that was about but that sounds actually really fascinating yeah this isn't my rave but also murder amongst the Mormons <gasps> okay I <laughs> see when I went to go watch that I wanted like a like give me the crime I want to know what happened kind of thing and so when I first started it was a lot of like background on um Mormonism and I wasn't really like in the mood for that so I need to go back to it you because it is fascinating the background stuff like I did not know the like extent and they kind of go into like all of why Mormon artifacts are like such a thing yeah and I didn't get it like I don't I know some of the stuff about Mormons, but a lot of it is, like, the more public stuff. But mm-hmm. I did not know how important, like, artifacts are to, like, Mormon yeah. culture. And so it's really fascinating to know that part of it. Yeah, I thought it was fascinating. I'm really into, and I, I love the Netflix does these, these like, three episodes. Yes. Because you get more detail, but it's not, like, a full season. Yeah, and they're not stretched out where you're like, was this episode really worth it? Or did you just try to put another episode in there? Uh, Yeah, and it's also because it has to be three episodes. You feel confident that it's not going to be like, like some of the Dateline episodes you get invested. And then it's like, I spent two hours to find out that a husband killed a wife. Right. And I think the the heist one, I think that's only three episodes. Yeah, which I think that's like what they sound is like, yeah, they're winning. But anyway, I have to, and I'm going to, I'll send you this in Twitter uh, Morgan, it's the best thing ever in the Canes game tonight. Um, Love the Canes. Stormy, um, the Canes mascot, was photographed in the like stands holding up a sign, and it's the greatest sign that Stormy could possibly be holding because it says Sarah Sivian fan club. And it I'm says, just, oh, gotcha. It took me a second. Yeah. Because you're not expecting it. Yeah. You're like, why would. So Stormy is a fan is a fan of Kane's beat reporter, all around awesome person, Sarah Sivian, and has a sign. And she just found out about it on Twitter. Gosh, that's amazing. And she was like, I have to read her. Oh my God, what is happening? Someone just came up to me in the press box and said Stormy was holding up this up. I'm dead. Who made this? And she, I just love, like, what is the story behind it? 
is what I want to know. She is a wonderful human and she deserves this. And so I think this is really cool. And I don't know how this got done. I don't know who on the Canes is responsible for it, but yes. Yes. That's amazing. And it's even on his Twitter. I don't like mascots, but I approve this. I, I just, I, yes. Oh my gosh, they have a full on like friendship now. Oh my gosh, he changed his, the, the, the Stormy's Twitter. Did you see what his Twitter bio is? No, I gotta see. Sarah Vivian, oh, I love this. (laughs) Oh, and she changed hers to lover of one ice hog. Oh my God, that's amazing. So my new, my rave is the stormy Sarah Vivian romance. Yes. We stand, so. And also the Kane social media presence yes. is aces, so. With that, I think this is a good place to stop. A good yes. note to end it on. We'll see you guys all next week. We'll probably have some more series to wrap up and more baseball news to discuss. Have a good week, everyone.